Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. You know those moments when you realize that you're not totally in control of the situation you're in? A relationship isn't where you thought it would be, and there's only so much you can do because it takes two to make it right. Or a job is wearing on you more than you thought it would, but you can't change the circumstances. It's in those moments that we may face a tough reality. We can't always control how things go. Yet, we hear that God can, and He wants to bring His kingdom into full reality in our lives. But what does that look like, and how does it start? One theologian put it this way, Before we can pray, Lord, Thy kingdom come, we must be willing to pray, My kingdom go. We'll explore what this looks like in our lives today, and more in our current series, Thy Kingdom Come. Let's continue the Upward Journey. Welcome, Upward family. So good to see you this morning. Glad you're here for a great day together. Look around, there's some good-looking people sitting next to you right now. There's some happy people sitting next to you now. There's some people who are so glad to be here. There's some wonderful folks online with us this morning. I want to welcome all of you guys this morning. Can we give them a hand, all those who are with us? Joining our live stream online, thank you for being here. You are part of our family. I'm so excited today to begin a new series called Thy Kingdom Come. And we're going to be rowing out into some deeper waters this, uh, the next several weeks. Anybody want to get out into some deep water and hear some things from God? We're going to row into some deep water and we're going to learn about our authority as citizens of the kingdom of God. We are citizens of a kingdom and we have authority in that kingdom. Now we're already walking in a new season here at Upward Christian Fellowship and I'm so excited about it. God has spoken over us that we're moving into a new season of fruitfulness. We're going to see more people saved than we ever have before. We're going to begin to see miracles like we've never seen before. We're going to see God heal sick bodies. We're going to see God transform lives in a new and powerful way. We're going to see our community transformed. That's what we're ultimately believing for. It's not about how many people we can pack into this room over a weekend. It's about how many people we can send out of this room into our community to change our community for Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm believing God for an atmosphere in Henderson County. I'm believing God that in Henderson County, the atmosphere will just be electric with expectation, with hope, and with faith. I'm believing that miracles will happen. When I say we're going to see miracles happen... I don't mean up here, I mean out on the streets. Because what God's going to do in this last day is not going to be hidden in some church building somewhere. It's going to be out there on the streets. I want to see some drug houses closed down, not because they got caught, but because they got saved. Now, if they need to be caught, that's a good thing. But wouldn't it be great if some of them just closed shop because Jesus came in and changed everybody's hearts and said, you don't need that anymore. He can do it. Now, we're already seeing incredible fruit. Last weekend just blew us all away. We had over 1,200 people in here last weekend, and, which is wonderful. It's not the goal, but it's a wonderful thing. We had 10 people get baptized last weekend, and they were so wonderful. We had uh, a kid 60 years old and a man 70, uh, 6 years old, no kid 60 years old. <laughs> Until I become 60, then it'll be a kid, uh, and it's not far. Uh, 
a kid six years old and a man 70 years old, and everybody in between got baptized last weekend. And also, we had 10 people make first-time decisions for Jesus Christ last week in this place. I love it. We are seeing God's power at work. And what this series is about is about God's power and God's authority. Now, speaking of power, let's have fun for just a second. If you could choose a superpower, what would you pick? If you could choose any superpower, what would it be? Give me some. Let me hear you. Speed. You'd like to be able to super speed. You want to be the flash. I heard somebody say flying. How many would choose speed? Okay. We're slow-moving bunch. <laughs> How many would like to fly? Oh, yeah, flying's good. How many would like super strength? One of them that's high on the list is teleport. How many would like to be able to appear in another place just like that? All y'all that live up and down 26, teleport. Yes, give that to me. Give that to me now. Please send me to the next exit. Please. They did a survey in America of, of this very question. They said, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I'm going to start at the lower ones and work my way up. 13% wanted the ability to teleport. Moving up, 15% wanted the ability to read people's minds. No, thank you. I do not want to know what everybody's thinking. 16% wanted the ability to fly, moving higher. 17, 17% wanted the ability to become invisible. If I could become invisible, I'd get in some big trouble. Anybody other than me? Do you know what was highest on the list? Really interesting to me. Highest on the list by far. Second place was 17%. But 34% wanted the ability to heal sick people. Jesus said, these signs shall follow those that believe. And one of them was, they shall pray for the sick and they shall be healed. And I thought, isn't it amazing how the desire of the nation is also part of what Jesus promised for his New Testament church on earth today. Amen? I'm excited about that. God's going to do some powerful things, and an atmosphere of expectancy is beginning. Now, another question. If you could ask Jesus to teach you anything that he did, if he could just give you a lesson on doing one thing that he did, what would you pick? Somebody said my number one, walking on water. Wouldn't that be cool? Think of the fish you could catch. You just walk over there, right? I think my number one, and you won't be surprised, multiplying food. I could go to Cracker Barrel and close my eyes and ask God thanks, and there'd be hash brown casserole on every table. I'd go to Chick-fil-A, pray one prayer. There'd be chicken all over Henderson County. Walk on water would be cool. Multiplying food would be cool. You know what the disciples asked him? Of everything they asked Jesus to do, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because I truly believe they saw him pray. We have record of him going away to pray, and they had to go chase him down and find him often when he was off praying. But I think the disciples saw that, 
And they knew that his connection to the Father was the source of everything else that came out of his life. He taught them that later. But I think they picked up on it really quickly. Lord, if there's one thing we could do, teach us to pray. Now, he gave them a prayer. And it's not a prayer just to be recited. It's okay to recite it if you don't know anything else. But it's more of a template for our prayer lives. It's a guide for how we are to pray. And we call it the Lord's Prayer. And it goes, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Saying that prayer begins by worship. And that's the way to start your prayer. But then he says something powerful. And we're going to look at this throughout this series. He says this, and this is where this series comes from. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to pray regularly for God's kingdom to be manifest on the earth and for God's will to be done on the earth. Not in a weak, watered-down way, but we're to pray, actually, God, we want Your will to be done down here just like it is in heaven. Man, that bar set pretty high. Jesus said we're to pray that. Not for some long-appointed day way down the road when all the troubles are over. But we're to pray in our lives, Lord, manifest Your kingdom in my community. Lord, may Your will be done in my community just like it is in heaven. Regularly, I'm to pray that. Now, what is a kingdom? We think about a kingdom. Kingdom's made up of two words. King, dumb. D-O-M, not D-U-M-B. King, dumb. King, we know what that is. That's a ruler with authority. King means authority. Dom means dominion and authority. What a kingdom is, is a place where the authority of the king is in force. Where the king has influence to make happen what needs to happen. That's what a kingdom is. If you're in a kingdom, you serve the king. You honor the king. And the king's will gets done in a kingdom. So what Jesus is saying is that regularly we are to pray for God's authority and power to be manifest on the earth. How many would like some authority to be manifest in the earth? Some good, godly authority. Have you ever walked into a situation, let's say you're a teacher. we got many teachers and we love our teachers. Have you teachers ever walked into a classroom that just needed some authority? I see a lot of heads. Have you ever walked in and looked at a situation and said, who's in charge here? Have you looked around our world lately and said, who is in charge here? We need some good and godly authority of the kingdom manifest in our world today. And we're going to ask that question this morning. Here's how we're going to start. Who has authority over the earth right now? I'm going to walk us through the Bible, and we're going to look at authority over the earth. And you might be interested to know that the authority over the earth has changed hands a few times. It's been tossed around a bit. But we're going to end with some really good news. Here's the first thing I want you to see. God originally put man in authority over the earth. Genesis 1.28, it says this, 
And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion, there's that word again, dominion. Have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The original commission of man was this, fill the earth and govern the earth. People always want to know, why am I here? I want you to understand, the human race was put here on earth by God to govern over the earth and to fill the earth. That's why we're here. He put Adam and Eve in the garden and said, follow me. Be fruitful and multiply. Boy, we're doing that at Upward. I went to a hospital Friday. I was so excited. This is, this is cool. I won't tell you which hospital. They may not want me to tell you, but a board of directors of a major hospital in our community called and asked for a group of pastors to come in and pray over them and pray over the hospital. They asked us to come pray. So I'm like, yes, I'll be there. So we went and we gathered around in a circle and just prayed over this group. And we were all just crying out to God together for his will to be done. I thought, cool. It's a good thing. I was walking out of the hospital, though, and I saw a guy walking in with a baby carrier. And they were here last week with his wife pregnant. And I'm like, oh. he said, come on in. So I went in. I got to hold a new baby. <laughs> Loved it. Went out of the hospital, got a text. We got another new baby. They were two rooms apart, two upward babies. I got to hold two new babies this week. Isn't that wonderful? God loves people to have babies. Some of y'all out there that got 10 kids, God's really happy with you. We don't know what to think about you, but God's really happy with you. We're wondering what in the world you're thinking, but God's happy with you. He told Adam and Eve do that. Because as new children are born who are taught to walk in my authority, the whole earth will be under my authority. See, there was a rascal on earth already. There was an angel of God named Lucifer, who the Bible teaches us was caught up in pride and tried to become God. And God cast him out of heaven down to earth, and a third of the angels of heaven were cast out with him, and they made their domain in the earth. So when Adam and Eve came to subdue the earth and govern the earth, there was someone here whispering. There was someone here trying to put them down and take their authority away. Their God-given authority, the enemy was already here when they came, working to steal away their God-given authority to govern over the earth. God originally put man in authority over the earth, but something happened. Say, Pastor, it doesn't really seem like that all worked out very well. There is a problem. And here's the problem. Man surrendered his authority over to Satan. When Adam and Eve listened to the lies of the devil and believed the lies of the devil and acted on the lies of the devil, they surrendered their God-given authority over to Satan and they gave him authority in their lives and on the earth. We took, you say, I wasn't there. We were all there in Adam and Eve. 
We took our God-given authority and believed the lies of the enemy and handed authority over to him in the earth. I want you to understand this, my friends, and this is key to you getting this. Satan has no power over us until we come into agreement with him. That's good preaching. I said that's good preaching. At least amen when I amen myself, okay? Uh, come on. Uh, Satan has no power over you and I until we come into agreement with him. But when we agree with Him, we give Him authority in our lives. I see people, and I'm not condemning anybody, but I, and I've done it myself before too, but I see people often just accepting Satan's lies over their lives. They just accept the word of the devil over them. They will label themselves with a lie. I see people do this. Anybody deal with anxiety in the room? Anybody, you can raise your hand. I'm not about to shame you right now because I've dealt with it myself. Anybody dealt with anxiety? Raise your hand. I'm not going to yell at you. Yeah, I know it's more than that. <laughs> You're too anxious to lift your hand, right? I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. You, this can happen to you. You can go to a doctor, and, and a good doctor, and you can, they can tell you you have, have anxiety. And there's nothing wrong with being told you have anxiety and there's nothing wrong with understanding what you deal with. What's wrong is when you label yourself with that. And you say, well, I'm just anxious. Did you hear how the devil got in that? Did you just hear that? You didn't hear it. I'm going to do it for you again. Somebody says, you've got anxiety. And you say, well, I'm just an anxious person. They didn't tell you you're anxious, that an anxious person has your identity. They said you're dealing with this, you're battling this. That was no call for you to accept that as your identity. Can I get an amen? I hear people say stuff like that all the time. Somebody said it to me the other day, not long ago, and, and, and I was trying to be polite and help them at the same time, and those two things don't always work together exactly right. <laughs> they said, I'm just an anxious person, and I said, do you know every time you say that, you become more anxious? Because every time you say those words over your life, you invite more of it into your life. If you're battling anxiety, say it that way. This is something I'm working... It's one of the things the enemy is doing in our world and in our culture right now. He's wanting to make a struggle part of our whole identity. He's wanting us to be identified by one thing. If you believe the lies of the devil, you have surrendered authority in your life over to him, and he can come in and do whatever he wants in your life. I'm not a huge fan of personality tests. You ever done one of those? You ever gone on the internet and done a personality test? I'm telling you, that is a great way to figure out your identity. Go on Google and ask Google who you are. There'll be surveys everywhere. And man, you just type all that stuff in there. And, ooh, it sets you free. No, it doesn't. There's some value to understanding personality types. There's some value to understanding how you relate to the world, and I understand that. But be careful if you let anybody's test become your identity. And be careful not to excuse some of your obnoxious behaviors. 
I just inserted that right in there. Because you're a certain number. Well, I'm just a five, and that's just how we are. Well, I'm an eight, and we smack fives. I told you I was trying to be nice. That didn't work out, did it? Didn't work out. What I'm trying to say is this. Don't let a personality test make you comfortable in something that Jesus wants to change. Because when you accept things, you're under their power. Are you speaking? Let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this for a second. Are you saying anything over your life that the devil agrees with? Have you said anything today that Satan would say, yep, I'm on board with that? I'm no good. Satan's like, yep, you're not. I'm ugly. Satan's like, yes, you are. This situation will never change. Satan's like, yep, it won't. One of the biggest lies of Satan is, it will always be this way. The truth of God is, it doesn't always have to be this way. Can I get an amen? If you're saying anything and speaking anything over your life or you're receiving anything spoken to you over your life that the devil agrees with, I've got a good solution for you today and it's not complicated. Stop! In Jesus' name, stop saying that over your life. I'm taking authority right now in Jesus' name over my mouth And I want to take authority over yours too. I'm just not sure if I have that right now. Maybe right here and now I can just say, your mouth has got to quit saying that stuff. There's anything you're speaking that the devil would say, yes, I agree with. You need to break agreement with Satan. Have you ever broken an agreement? Sometimes you need to break agreements. Now, I'm all for, uh, you know, being a person of character and keeping your word. But there's times you're in something that you need to get out of. And you need to break agreement with the devil and simply say, I'm not saying it anymore. I'm not believing it anymore. When you identify, and you can do this every day if you need to. When you say something the devil agrees with, I want you to stop right then and say, Lord, I am sorry for ever saying that. I'm sorry that came out of my mouth right now. I break agreement with the devil of this over my life. And when you break agreement with him, he can't mess with you. Amen. The only power Satan has is when we come into agreement with him. There's an interesting verse that we see in Jesus' temptation. Satan says this to Jesus as he's tempting him in Luke 4, verse 6. He said, this is what the devil said, To you I will give all this authority. He's tempting Jesus, and he took him up on a high mountain and displayed to him the kingdoms of the earth. And he's saying to Jesus, 
Jesus, this is kind of funny in a way, but there's something real here. He's telling Jesus he'll give him his earth back. He's saying, Jesus, I'm going to give you back what you originally created. And you wonder where he got the idea that he was in authority. Here's what he says. I will give you all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me. Think about that. Delivered. He didn't say he'd been commissioned over the earth. He didn't say he was in a rightful place of rule. He simply says this, the authority over this earth has been handed to me, and I can give it back to you. See, what the devil was trying to do in the temptation of Jesus, he was trying to get Jesus to short-circuit the whole process. He was telling Jesus, in essence, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to suffer. If you'll just worship me, we'll fix this thing. I'll hand you the earth back. I sort of wish it was in there that Jesus said, nope, I'll take it anyway. Essentially, that's what he said. His life said that. You know how he responded to Satan in all these temptations? Every time Jesus' response to Satan in temptation was to say, nope, it is written. I'm asking God over your life this week that you'll have a whole lot of breaks called, I'm making up a term, it is written, breaks. A pause when you say, nope, it is written. When the lie comes out against you or even comes out of your own mouth, you'll stop and say, nope, it is written. Can we have one right now? Warm-up time, team. Nope. No, you got to say nope first. Work with me here. Work with me. Let's try this again. Nope. It is written. I love it. Nope. I like nope. It's just dismissive. You know what I mean? It's not even no. It's, no, it's not even polite. You don't have to be polite with the devil. Nope. It is written. Now, I want you to think about the lie you've been speaking over yourself or the lie somebody else has spoken over you. And together, we're going to do that. Nope. It is written. What God says is what's true over me. What God said, you don't have to keep repeating. We'll be here a long time. Uh, what God says is what's true over you. And when you break that, you know what happens? You get authority back. Now, Jesus even called Satan the ruler of this world in John 12 because of this surrendered authority. But here we come to the good news. The good news is this. You ready to shout? Jesus regained man's lost authority through the cross. I ask if you're ready to shout, and you didn't. Jesus regained man's lost authority through the cross. Jesus got it all back. Jesus took it all back. Colossians 2.15 says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. He disarmed the devil and took back the authority that the devil had stolen. I want you to understand this. Jesus was God 
and is God. He is the Son of God. He is equal to God. But He came to this earth as a man. It's called the incarnation, when God became man. And I believe with all of my heart that Jesus, when He exercised power and authority on this earth, and the Scriptures back me up, that He didn't do it as the Son of God, but He did it as a man under the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus did miracles as God, we don't have a prayer. Because as good as I might try to be, I'm never going to be God. Jesus demonstrated in His life what a Christian today can do, one of His disciples can do in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus died on the cross as a man because a man surrendered the authority and a man had to win it back. And a man did. A man called Jesus. He made an open shame of the devil. He went and took the keys away from the devil. I love that. It says that he went and got his keys back. You got any keys in your pocket? I've got a key right here. This key's got red on it. You know what this key is? It's a master key to Upward Christian Fellowship. I just feel so wonderful. I can open any door in this building, except about three of them that they've changed on me. (laughs) And I wonder what's behind those doors. Master key. We don't just hand these out at the door. Keys are symbols of authority. Jesus went to the devil and he took back the keys. Everything that Adam and Eve surrendered in Genesis 3 when they sinned, Jesus won it all back when he died, when he rose again. Amen? He regained man's lost authority. I love it. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came, and this is right before his, this is part of what we call the Great Commission, which is when he sent them out to earth. Jesus came and said to them, what's that word right there? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Notice he said this is a man as well, because the Son of God does not have to be given this authority. He said this as, this is deeper, but as our elder brother, Jesus, the Bible calls him that. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He said, I want it back for the human race again. To walk in their God-ordained authority on the earth. Now, what's that big word there? Wow, it turned yellow. Can y'all do that again? We got to get we didn't practice this. <laughs> what does all mean? All. The Greek word for all means all. All. Let me ask you this. How much is left on the table when he says all? Let me say it better. How much authority is left for the devil? Zero. Nothing. Satan has no authority on this earth anymore unless we give it to Him. One of my favorite passages is in Isaiah 14. 
In Isaiah 14, Isaiah is given a prophecy, and he's talking about the king of Babylon. And it's also a prophecy that has a dual fulfillment. He's talking about somebody on earth, but he's also talking about somebody else. He's talking about the king of Babylon, but he's talking about the angel Lucifer at the same time. And he said, oh, how you've fallen. But then he says this, and I love this. He said, one day all the nations of the earth are going to look on you and say, is that the guy? Is that the one that shook the nations? That? Have you ever met somebody famous? And they're a lot shorter than you thought they were. (laughs) They just don't look like the big action here. You meet them, they're like a regular guy. I'm like, is that? You you ever met Rocky, Sylvester Stallone? He's he's like 5'9". And when I picture him in the movies, he's like 6'10". The Bible said that same thing is going to happen when the world actually sees Satan. Really? I worried about him? I tell you, the Bible tells us that on earth here, we overestimate his power. But I want to tell you this morning what Jesus said, all authority is mine. All authority is in Jesus. He regained it. Now, The last point, Jesus turned and gave that authority back to his followers. Right after he said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth, he said, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he said, (laughs) remember, go therefore. Anytime you're studying the Bible and you see the word therefore, You want to know what the therefore is there for. Go therefore. What's the therefore? It's always referring back to something. What he's saying is, since I have all authority, you now, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All authority has been given to us. And Jesus said, now, I'm sending you out as a citizen of my kingdom to walk, to dwell, and to live in authority. You could call the Great Commission the Great Recommission because it's more than just taking information to the world. I believe in preaching the gospel. I believe in sharing your faith. I believe there's power in telling the story of Jesus. And we're going to do that, and we are doing that. But the Great Commission is more than just spreading information. Jesus is saying, spread my kingdom. Spread my authority. Spread my power over the earth. We've been recommissioned as human beings to walk in our authority as citizens of the kingdom of God. Here's what I want you to do. Stop seeing yourself as members of a church or adherence to a faith. And start seeing yourself as a citizen of a kingdom. Amen? I look around and 
It's easy to get anxious about world events, wars, rumors of wars, economic situations, hurricanes. We're praying for Florida and other parts of our country that have been hit. It's so easy to get anxious. It's so easy to look at our nation and get anxious. I was praying just the other day, and I believe I heard a word from God. I really know that I did. I was praying for America. God touched this nation. God blessed this nation. God changed some things in this nation. You know what God laid on my heart? That, son, you seek my kingdom, and you live my kingdom, and I'll take care of America. Can I get an amen? There's something in the Bible about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else follows behind. Amen. Citizens of the kingdom are the hope of this nation and the hope of this world. Now I want you to do two things and I'm going to quit. Number one, I want you to break authority with everything you've been agreeing with. What are we going to say? Nope. It is written. We're going to have several breaks of that this week because guess what? You like it now, but you're going to go out on Monday and you're going to say something. The devil says, yep. He's not going to say that, but he's going to try to hide this week because we've exposed him. But you're going to say something and think that doesn't sound like something Jesus would say about me. Nope. It is written. And then I want you to remember this. As a citizen of the kingdom, you are over. You're not under. I say this a lot. There's a big difference in being under a storm and being over a storm. You're flying in that airplane and you're under a storm. It's bumpy and scary. But when you get in that cloud and come out above that cloud, you're now on top of that storm. I want you to remember, as a citizen of the kingdom, you're not under this storm. Uh, You're over this storm speaking to it. Storms blow over us, but as citizens of the kingdom, we speak to them. We're not beat up by them. Amen? Anybody ready to go? I don't mean leave here. I mean, you ready to go for the kingdom. We're like, amen, I'm ready. Please, let, me, let us go. Let us go. It's not what I meant, but it's time for that. Would you bow with me? Jesus, we thank you today for your presence, for your word. We thank you for your power that's so real. God, your presence is real in this place today. God, your people are loving you and serving you together this morning. Thank you for what we enjoy here every weekend, God. Thank you for this place. Thank you, God, for the authority that's in you, Jesus. Thank you for winning that back and recommissioning us to go out on this earth as citizens of a higher kingdom. And Jesus, I ask you today to change every heart and every life that needs to be touched today. In your name, I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, we're not embarrassing anyone today. I promise you, we'll not embarrass you. But if you're here today and say, Pastor, I need to say yes to Jesus today as my Savior and Lord. I'm saying yes this morning to Jesus over my life. Can I see your hands this morning? Would you raise them up high this morning? God bless you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Others this morning, thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else that I missed your hand? Raise it up again if you would. Anybody else? All right. All right. You're saying yes to Jesus. Can anybody be honest enough to say, Pastor, I've been saying some stuff over my life the devil would agree with. 
and I'm done with that. It is written. Can I see your hands this morning? Raise them up high. Bunch of us this morning. Praise God. You're free now in Jesus' name. You're free because it is written. Can anybody say, Pastor, I'm over this storm today. I'm over it today. I realize I've been feeling beat up by this storm, but today I'm going to take my rightful place seated in heavenly places with Christ over the storm I'm facing. Can I see your hands this morning? Oh, God is good. God is good. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for every heart that's been touched and challenged and changed today by your word. Now, if you're saying yes to Christ, I want you to pray with me right now. The church is going to help us. Lord Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me, to come into my heart, to change me. I need your power. I rest completely on you. I surrender to you today. My heart, my life, and my future all belong to you. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to step into that. Will you allow me to step into that role and speak into your life this morning? Will you allow me to do that? All right, I'm going to step into that role, and I want to speak something over you today. I want you, if you're in a storm right now, would you just lift your hands right now, and I want you to receive this. I stand in my authority and my calling, and I just say, peace be still. Peace, be still. May Jesus' authority and the authority of the kingdom reign over this storm. And may you be lifted to a place of authority and blessing and power in that authority in Jesus' name. I got one more thing. I've got to pray. It's been ringing in my heart all week long for this blessing, and I don't fully understand it, but I'm going to speak it over you anyway. The Word declares this. Those that believe, these signs shall follow. And one of them is this. They can drink any deadly thing, and it will not hurt them. That does not mean we go out and eat rat poison to show what a good Christian we are. But there's something powerful about that for us right now and I'm going to speak blessing over your body that anything you've put in your body knowingly or unknowingly that is damaging your body right now that God will negate the effects of that through the authority and power of Jesus Christ you say boy we're getting weird here weird in a real good way because you're going to be set free All right, I declare over Upward Christian Fellowship today in the name of Jesus that no deadly thing shall hurt you Anything in your body, knowingly or unknowingly, that you've put in there will be defeated and is defeated in the name of Jesus Christ, is negated in the name of Jesus Christ. And you'll walk in health and in power in His name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.